This fantasy football bus edition of the Sports Gambling Podcast is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted parlays to in game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $500 risk free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit WYNNBet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap. America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's propswap.com, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Sign up at underdogfantasy.com with promo code SGPN and receive a free $25 entry to use in Best Ball Mania 2 for a chance to win $1 million. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app in the App Store or Google Play Store. This is Brian Bosworth, aka. The Boz, and you're listening to SGPN. Let it ride, brother. Peace out. Boz out. Welcome everyone to the sports gambling podcast. I'm Sean stacking the money green with my partner picks, Ryan, real money Kramer. What's happening? Kramer dog. Oh, Sean, we're just fantasy footballing over here. We are full-time fantasy footballing. We are grinding out some fantasy. Going to be talking fantasy football bus. Uh, But before we get into that, speaking of bus, Ryan, we saw a number of uh, bus uh, in the form of uh, guys' heads in the Hall of Fame, went to the uh, we uh, did the fantasy football expo yesterday. Recorded this on Monday before we uh, fly back to uh, Los Angeles in beautiful Canton, Ohio, and uh, yeah, got to see the uh, football Hall of Fame. Pretty awesome. It is funny as you come in to the football Hall of Fame. There's there's a couple signs up of stuff you can't bring into the Hall of Fame. Nothing about having to wear a mask, but apparently you cannot wear athletic cleats into the Hall of Fame, which is We're walking up and I'm like, oh man, I don't want to have to wear a mask walking through this place. Nope, just a sign saying don't wear cleats. There's also you can't bring your gun in. Uh so that uh, that also and uh we tweeted out a photo in uh, UAB. Welcome to UAB had a great response saying, "How many times did people come in with cleats before they had to put up a sign that said no cleats. Well, I could see why. I mean, there's a lot of sections that have kind of that slick, almost like wooden laminate floor. Uh, so yeah, making some cuts on that surface. Maybe <laughs> you want the field, the field turfs instead of the long spikes. <laughs> you want to make sure people have the right equipment. Coming I, I in. mean, I guess it's right next to the stadium. Maybe you're <laughs> one of the kids who played the high school game. Just going to walk over, check out the hall of fame. But uh, yeah, no, it was, uh, it was by awesome. The way, I, I living in Los Angeles. I don't think I've ever seen uh, an area that just had like football fields lined up in a row like <laughs> they do in Ohio. So shout out to Ohio for being a, a football state. Shout out to Ohio. Yeah. Joe Namath. Uh, what did the, um, there was like a hall of fame, like a hologram video you watch <laughs> in the, uh, in the theater there. That was actually pretty cool. I mean, the whole thing was pretty sweet, but some, some, uh, <laughs> somebody in our group said after it was done, he didn't even try and kiss us. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, Sean, I got a question for you. Yes. Which, which, uh, which of the, the hall of famers mm. stared back at you in a way that you couldn't, you had to look away. Cause it happened to me twice. Oh, with the, with the heads. Yeah. With the heads. Hmm. I mean, Reggie white, Reggie white did have a powerful glare, Ryan. OJ Simpson act like, I don't know if they did his differently or if it's just a mystique <laughs> or it was just a level. He was looking at me and I had to look away. Might've, <laughs> might've had some herbal remedies before we went in there, but it certainly, uh, it is, it is weird to see OJ's head there. He's got the mini Afro. And, and there, yeah. it's like a black room where there's light lit from underneath. So it's very much like, you know, if I was alive and I, I was commemorated in there, it might be a little weird. Cause it feels a little bit like th- this is where dead people go to uh, be for the rest yeah, of their it existence. It does have like a mausoleum type vibe, which I think is the point, but it's also, it kind of creates this, this, uh, this strange energy in the room. Like they say, they're whispering to each other, right? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. It was, anyway. uh, it was awesome. Ryan, will you ever come back to the Pro Football Hall? Of yeah, when we, if we come back for the Fantasy Football Expo next year, which I assume we will, I'm definitely going back. Yeah, gonna see some because uh, it does seem like they rotate some exhibits, and and it's just cool to uh, go worship at the Church of Football. Ryan, and shout out to the wife who said, "How was the museum?" <laughs> well, it was like a museum, but you know, I normally I go, it's the Hall of Fame, not a museum. <laughs> normally, when you're walking through a museum, in the back of your head, you're actually thinking of football instead of the museum. <laughs> but now this, you, you don't have to think of anything else. You're just thinking about what you're looking at. It's reading about it's, football. It's a unique museum experience. Learning about football. A lot of lot of great nuggets in there. Of course, we're presented by Win Bet. You want to win big? You got to go to wynnbet.com. Hopefully you got in on the preseason action that we were throwing out 14 and three against the spread on the preseason unders NFL week one. Are you kidding me? And imagine not only did you get our free winners on the preseason totals, but also win bet a risk-free $500 sports bet. So you really could have had yourself a hell of a weekend over at win bet. What more do we need to say? Boosted parlays, live in-game odds, Everything you want to bet on, you can bet over at WinBet. And again, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. I know our state download records, Ryan. We can see it, and we got lots of listeners in those states. So check us out by uh, you know supporting the pod. Check out WinBet. Download the WinBet app. Very easy to use. W Y N N B E T dot com. Start winning today, Ryan. Before we get into the preseason or or a bus, and we're gonna do it by position. Mm. It does feel like we should hit on, and we'll probably hit on some of this a little bit uh, when we do our preseason episode. Because this week, I think starting Wednesday, the first division preview drops. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, giving you division previews. We also, or maybe maybe Thursday is the first one because we're also taping a preseason. No, nope, nope. they're gonna people are gonna have to deal with two podcasts. Oh wow. Uh, Starting Tuesday, like the preseason episode, you're gonna have to look at your feed closely because it's not gonna be the only episode that day. So we're do- two a days, right? Well, there will be at least one two a day, and then every night, starting uh, basically starting Tuesday night uh, through basically next week, there's gonna be a, a combination of NFL previews, college week zero picks, final oh, predictions yes. for college football. Yes, uh, college. I mean, college week one picks are right around the corner, but yeah, divisional previews. First one drops a Tuesday, and I, I don't want to. Maybe you can hit the sound drop of our buddy uh, Decker singing the song. I don't want to. I don't want to tell you which <laughs> divisions we're doing. I'll but save it. 
but uh, we're gonna be we're gonna be starting out west, I think. Oh, and and before we move on from the Hall of Fame, the Madden bust is just something you have to see in person. He's one of those guys who will get penetrated. And there's a, there's actually a whole uh, uh, you know exhibit to the Madden museum game. Uh, or the Madden uh, video game. It's it's pretty awesome. All right, a couple guys that we've been talking about in best ball. At least I know personally, but KJ Hamler, huge touchdown. Stock up. Chuba Hover. Stock up. Long run, and of course my boy Quez Watkins. Stock up. He's being drafted consistently. As you were recording the Die Hard Eagles podcast last <laughs> night, Sean, I did two uh, simultaneous best ball drafts. <laughs> And uh, Quez Watkins got drafted in both. I also should point out to the listening audience. I did. I do believe I've drafted the uh, the winning lineup. I'll tweet it out on my uh, my Twitter feed at Kramer Centric later. But I do believe I've drafted the winning underdog uh, lineup. Got the Russ the Russ extra juicy triple stack with Everett. It is a good Lockett lineup and Metcalf. I'm just laughing because I, I must have missed it, but. We're recording this in a hotel room. Kramer's using the ironing board and his bed as some sort of desk setup. And we turned the AC off so it wouldn't bleed into the audio. And I turn and I must have missed it, but Ryan is now shirtless, sitting at an ironing board. It's hot as shit in here. I mean, yeah, I'm a, an Italian it's guy. A little warm. I'm an Italian American. Okay, let's talk about it. We're going to give them out kind of like positions similar to what we did with the uh, sleepers. QB one as far as bus. And we're trying to do. Uh, you know, somewhat rank as far as um, you know, not going too deep because it, it's you're not really a bust if you're if you're being drafted so late. But Ryan, consensus, breaking news. Yeah, Dakota Rain Prescott is our is our number one bust for both of us. His uh, ADP fifty one point one, QB five. That's pretty crazy. I mean, I think again, you know, you talk about the definition of a bust or whatever, but I think. You know, we're trying to talk about guys you would draft in a redraft league with your buddies, yeah. so twelve team leagues. And I think for Dak to be the fifth guy, we hear so much from all the smart the community, the smart fantasy football community talking about rushing floor, rushing floor, rushing floor. And to take a guy who I think in his best version projects to be more of a passer, uh, maybe he gets some touchdowns around the red zone, but I I just don't see the rushing floor for him to do anything more than elevate himself. Like to me, peak. Dak is QB five in a perfect scenario. Yeah. So I'm totally out drafting him there, especially when he's going ahead of guys like Russell Wilson, uh, 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 Matt Stafford. I mean, I, I don't even know if I would take him over Tom Brady. I'm out on the Cowboys. Obviously I'm out on Dak as a QB five, especially in a redraft league. I'm not wasting valuable draft equity. Taking well, and, a quarterback. And, and they're dealing. Not only do they have Dak's uh, last he injury, is he throwing yet, Sean? I don't think no. so. And and make sure you, we've acquired a doctor to the uh, program. Make sure you follow at SGPN. <laughs> we've acquired a doctor in a Fo- trade. <laughs> football doc who's been tweeting out some great injury threads. And, and if you're been, in the Slack, like you, you can't miss the threads, and yeah. they're great. And uh, he's been all over this, and and basically it's trying to find the balance of getting him ready. A guy that hasn't played in what like almost 300 days for NFL Week One, and they're playing on a Thursday night, so you even lose a few days there. Uh, getting ready, and then the idea of you don't want them throwing too much. I mean, they you saw in Hard Knocks they were talking to baseball doctors because it's normally a baseball injury, and it sounds like he's overcompensating for some other injury, which is a red flag. And maybe if Dak slips in your draft, not, and you're not a uh, biased Cowboys hater, then maybe you snag him. But yeah, I mean, guys going around him, I, I 
I'm not taking uh, until he's throwing passes. Like if I'm trying to be as objective as possible, I'm not taking him over Herbert. I'm not taking him over Russ Wilson. I'm probably probably not taking him over Jalen Hurts. If I'm I saw Jalen Hurts is slipping a little bit, but yeah, I mean again, I the the cue the X Files music, but I think the the scarier version of this, if I'm a Cowboys fan, is why the fuck are you talking to baseball trainers? Is yeah. this a UCL thing? Are we talking about Tommy John surgery? Dakota Rain Prescott will need Tommy John surgery. That would be that would be crazy. All right, Kramer, who's your other uh, quarterback bust? Uh, I mean, again, I'm a little outside the top twelve here, but the consensus quarterback fifteen, ADP one twenty four. I know he's a sexy pick. I heard some people touting him for the MVP this weekend out in the Fantasy Football Expo, Sean, and that's Baker Mayfield. He's my quarterback twenty five. So I'm basically saying I don't even know if I'm drafting him in two quarterback leagues. Uh, he's certainly uh, not someone I'm rushing to go get at that, at that cost. I mean, we're talking about a guy uh, he's going around guys like Matt Ryan, Kirk cousins, Justin Fields going beneath him. I would uh, Trey Lance. Like I would even rather just take an upside second quarterback, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Derek Carr. Well, yeah. And especially in a, in a managed league, maybe Baker is your second quarterback in a best ball league. Even that. He's Why being, wouldn't you take the the upside value of some of these rookies that have a, a rushing? F- and I and I picked him because I do think Baker will make his way onto redraft teams this year because I think by the time we're drafting, we're getting closer. You're going to start feeling the hype about how good this Browns team could be. You're going to start feeling the hype of people throwing out Baker to win the MVP, Browns to win the division, and so I think his stock is only going to keep going up. And I, for for that reason, I would say like if you're going to do the let's just wait to the end of the draft and take a quarterback. There's a million other quarterbacks you could take there. All right, my QB uh, that I'm uh, seeing as a bust, Joe Burrow. He's drafted Ooh. 87.3 overall, QB 13. I mean, I, I just don't see it. QB 13? Are you kidding me? That again, this is just like best case, perfect scenario for Joe Burrow. I get it. The Bengals play with a lot of pace. I get it. Their defense won't be amazing, but. I mean, Joe Burrow is saying he doesn't trust his knee. Like, it, he's in practices. He's instinctively pulling his leg up when when pressure gets near him. I think that's going to be huge. And you have no rushing upside. I, I maybe he pads the stats when they're when he's going up against prevent defense. But man, 142 rush yards. The the knee injury seems real. And again, they haven't done much for their offensive line. I just don't see him as a pocket. If you're going to draft a purely pocket passer, there's so many other better options around Joe Burrow than actually Joe Burrow. Matt Stafford, Jalen Hurts have all, they all have basically similar ADPs. I would take both those guys over them. Yeah, I would honestly, take, I would take Tannehill, Rob, Tyler Boyd, eighty nine point three, Robbie Anderson, ninety one. I mean, these are these you are wide even, receivers. You could even talk me into Matt Ryan. I mean, Matt Ryan. Why why wouldn't the Falcons, a dome team, similar issues on defense, but you have Kyle Pitts and Calvin Ridley, w- you wouldn't want take that over Joe Burrow? I, and I think it's that injury risk, right? Like it, it is it does it he got hurt very late, Sean. And yeah. it seemed to be kind of not an important not a big issue, but if he's not you know, if the mental confidence of the recovery isn't there, it's it, it is going to be tough because that he, pocket The player is telling you. That's always a red flag. Yeah, agree. I mean, I'm I'm probably out on him as well. Ryan, of course, we're brought to you by Prop Swap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Football season, you know it. It's here. You live it. You breathe it. Hopefully, you don't die. You don't need to do that. But again, the awesome thing about Prop Swap, you don't need to win 
in order to cash the ticket last year. Someone had the bills. Uh, they were 35 to one to win the super bowl. When they reached the AFC championship game, a, a customer who bet a hundred dollars on the bills before the season sold that ticket for $900. So you're, he made money. Uh, that was an 800% return on a ticket that ended up losing. That's right. Think how many losing tickets you have where at the end of the year, you're tossing them out. Or again, you're going out for the start of the NFL season. Perfect time to load up on a mm. bunch of bets over at the uh, beautiful win there. And again, when you're do- placing these bets, go for two, get two tickets. So you can keep one to have that sweat and that Hashtag experience that you crave, but then also one when you're, when the odds are going your favor to uh, guarantee a profit. So make sure you check them out. Prop swap. It's where America buys and sells sports bets. Kramer, let's talk uh, RBs. Who's our consensus bust RB. I mean, come on now that uh, you know, hard knocks is on, we're going to get the hard knocks hype bump <laughs> uh, Zeke and Dakota our best. You know, we're learning about their close uh, relationship. <laughs> Uh, he's he's shooting up draft boards. He's up to consensus RB five at uh, Ryan. Being, what kind of luggage do you want for your birthday? Uh, you know, I do need a, a new suitcase. <laughs> we were talking about this. Fourteen thousand uh, dollars is how much the suitcase costs. I hope it's dope as fuck. Uh, average <laughs> draft position of six point eight. I do. You know, I, I'm I'm now kind of starting to have those conversations, talking about the FFPC main event strategies. And based on talking to people um, and doing some drafts over there, Zeke's going as high as three. There was a uh, a guy across from us. I, I think that he was the um, six pack fantasy six pack fantasy six pack guys. Good guys over there. Uh, and Kramer was talking to him because uh, one of their guys was top five consensus fantasy pros dynasty rankings. He had two big trophies. And Ryan goes, "I'm coming for you." And then he he was asking the guy, "Well, who are you farther away from on the market?" And <laughs> Kramer goes. I have Zeke listed at forty-two overall. <laughs> the guy lost his. He looked at Ryan like he just had sex with his wife. It was. <laughs> and we had just bonded over the fact that we both graduated from Virginia Tech and everything. It ruined everything when I shit on Zeke. He like completely that. lost all respect for your rankings. All right, my first non-cowboy. Keeping it in the division, Saquon Barkley. Want no part of him. Running back six. And uh, average ADP seven. Now, now, if I'll say this, if uh, he gets to the second round, I'll, I'll definitely consider Saquon Barkley. But no drafts I've been in is is Saquon Barkley getting to the second round. Again, this is an injury thing. This is a not getting ready for the season thing. This is a easing him into the season. He still isn't practicing uh, completely. I mean, they're they're getting him out there. I, I don't know. Are, will he see game action before week one? Nope. Nope. So again, That's those the sound are of him coming for you. Sean. Those are all massive red flags. <laughs> Everyone goes. You know who else was like this? Adrian Peterson. Okay. I mean, you're. Com- <laughs> you don't like the outlier comparison, Sean. I mean, it's so funny. These hardcore fantasy guys will say like, "Oh, you're drafting him at his absolute ceiling." Adrian Peterson coming off his ACL, completely dominating, was a complete outlier. So you're you're, yeah. you're basically standing underneath a tree and go, "Well, lightning struck here uh, seven years ago. It's due to strike here again." It's nothing against Saquon. I just think I think it's going to take him a while to get started, and maybe he, maybe he helps you win your fantasy playoffs, and that's why he's he's worth getting drafted. But uh, your first round pick, 
you, as the great Matthew Barry says, right? You can't win your uh, fantasy uh, football uh, league in the first round, but you can lose it. And Saquon it's Barkley, true. a lot of has, people lost it last year with all those injuries. Has loser potential written all over. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think I think he has that. Uh, I think the the angle is the the ceiling, the pass catching ceiling, right? And so, right. But I guess I'm not. I don't want to in a managed league. I'm not drafting a guy in the first round who has an insane floor, even if he has a high ceiling. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like at six, if you're sitting there, you're taking Kelsey or one of the receivers, maybe Aaron Jones, Eckler, something like that. Yeah, I would take Austin Eckler. Yeah, I, I, I'm all in on Barkley. I love that I can keep getting him at the time. I keep doing these drafts at 12. I get Saquon Barkley. Okay. I'll take that every time. All right. Give me my first bust. And, and I'm, I'm in that same range. Uh, average draft position of 9.3 running back seven by consensus. And that's Nick Chubb uh, right behind Saquon Barkley. I have him a little lower down at my running back 10. And simply I I'm calling this a bust because I don't think you can take Nick Chubb in the first round where this consensus is saying he's going. I, 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 we were listening to, uh, I think it was the fantasy pros. Uh, they were talking about how they, they had Nick Chubb at the number five. I, I just don't know how you can put Nick Chubb into your first round. And honestly, I'm kind of sour on him in the second round because we, you know, we're kind of in team Kareem hunt. He, he shows yeah. that he not only is he probably, you know, definitely better in the passing game, but he, he's just as dynamic around the goal line and the team still uses him there. So it's really hard for me to want to put Nick Chubb uh, as high as some of these guys who are getting cleared out 300, 350 touch workload. And so for that reason, I would say Nick Chubb, th- like maybe if I'm drafting well, at the very end of the second round, I'm consider and he's there, I might consider it, but it, it's, it's a hard sell when, when the o- other options in the range that we're talking about are just total stud stud wide receivers. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm out on Chubb. I don't, I don't have a ton and, of Nick Chubb shares. And, and a lot of Kareem hunt. Yeah. And Kareem hunt again, you look at the, I think we've hit on it a couple of times, but like the inside the 10 yard line their their workload was pretty similar. Everyone just thinks yeah, like, well, Kareem hunt had great numbers. Cause he, you know, Chubb was out four games, but I mean, look at his yardage overall, his, his combined rushing and receiving yards is set Kareem hunt is set at like 940. He's gone over that every year he's been in the league with the exception where he was suspended for eight games. The guy is just a beast. And again, I, I just think again, yeah, you nailed it. The cream hunts kind of eaten into that workload enough that it, it doesn't make sense drafting him quite as high. I, I think the thing is Nick Chubb has a, he's probably got a pretty safe floor, probably not many versions of the Nick Chubb season that don't include injury where he's not like at least a third round value. I just think it's going to be hard for him to become a first round value. Agreed. Okay, my uh, next running back bust here. Give me Antonio Gibson. Oh, nice. RB twelve drafted eighteen a point eight average draft position overall. Wow. <laughs> Here's the thing. It's the same thing like Nick Chubb. People just completely forget J D McKissick is there. They nothing massively changed. Yeah, Ryan Fitzpatrick is coming in. I get it. We all think he's kind of like a, a gamer gunslinger. He still throws to the running backs. A decent amount of times. JD McKissick caught 80 passes. It's the same uh, coordinator, same head coach, same system that that is. And JD McKissick was there last year. He, he's still going to get involved. I, I know Antonio Gibson might have a good year, but JD McKissick's still going to eat into that passing role. And JD McKissick actually bulked up a little bit in the offseason uh, to prove that he's more than a pass catching back. So I think he might even eat up 
some rushing touches as well. Now, again, will Antonio Gibson have a pretty good year? Probably, but again, RB 12, that's just, I, I don't think he's, I don't think he's an RB one. I think it's fun when, when um, again, when the fantasy community latches onto an idea and, and they're unwilling to look at the red flags, right? Antonio Gibson comes out of college as a pass catching back. Yeah. Yet he failed. He, he struggles to find opportunities in the offense to be a pass catching back, probably due to trust, right? Coaches generally like you to be able to trustworthy when you're on a passing down situation. So now the expectation is, well, he had a great rushing year last yeah. year. And so all he has to do is improve a little bit more and then just take over that pass catching role <laughs> yeah. that he was obviously going to take. And it's like, well, wait a second. If McKissick was on the, the the field enough to get that many catches, why do you think that was? Yes. I don't think Gibson got that much better at football over the past year. So perhaps yeah. he's there, but I, I'm I'm with I, I do like the opportunity because the offense should get better, which should entail make him a better back. But I, I'm with you. I think and for the same reason, like I think McKissick went like the 16th round of my best ball drafts last night, which is crazy. Yeah, and and again, um, it's funny they're assuming he's going to get all the passing work, but they're not working in any sort of scenario where he loses some of the some of the rushing work, which is certainly a possibility. What what about like a guy like David Montgomery? What I would I would rather have David Montgomery. You, they've basically gone out of their way to say, "Hey, we're going to run the ball a bunch." David Montgomery is the guy. He's not getting any sort of competition outside that, and he's a, he's a workhorse guy. And in their quarterback situation, they're going to want to pound the rock. Like, I, I would much rather have David Montgomery Joe than Antonio or- Gibson. And I haven't even mentioned the turf toe. They claim the turf toe. Is not holding him down, oh. and he looks fine. Toe injuries tend to stick around, but again, turf toe is something like exactly like that that can easily come back. And I'll stay in a, uh, not in exactly in the same range because Gibson is shooting up to like front end of the second round. But uh, I'll, I'll drop down a little bit further. DeAndre Swift, we've been on this train all yeah. off season, and whether whether it's being bullish on Jamal Williams or being a little down on DeAndre Swift. Yes, there. I understand that the the narrative to get DeAndre Swift to outperform his average draft position of thirty point three running back sixteen by consensus is that he becomes the check down target uh, for Jared Goff, not T.J. Hawkinson, who I think is going to get tremendous volume. I, I think the trouble here is that uh, you know I I think we're going to see over the course of the season that Jamal Williams is just a better running back, and you know it's not often you notice backup running backs, but when you watch the Packers last year, Aaron Jones, is a great running back and he lost time to Jamal Williams in the passing game because Jamal Williams is a hell of a blocker. Jamal Williams is a professional and mo- most importantly, Jamal Williams, Sean dog, dog. And Anthony Lynn, dog. Dan Campbell. They want dog. So one, a that talk of the one, a one B should scare you off wanting to take one of the, if if a running back is listed as one A one B, you shouldn't be taking them in the third round period. So I have Swift. Uh, you know, I, I don't even know if I'm. T- I might consider DeAndre Swift in the fifth round, Sean, but he's not going anywhere near there. So I'm going to say he busts out. And honestly, could, would you be surprised by week eight if Jamal Williams is getting the the majority of the touches? No. Yeah. No. I mean, again, it's new coaching staff. They don't have any allegiance to um, DeAndre Swift. And again, if anything, not using. DeAndre Swift and using the guy you brought in makes you look better as a coach. Like, see, I brought this guy in. See, he's better than this. You have Jared this Goff. other guy they drafted who doesn't know shit. You have Jared Goff. You need a guy who can block a little bit. Like yeah. that's going to be important. I mean, think if you took over someone's job at work, 
and then you brought in new hires, wouldn't you be favorable to those new guys you brought in and do everything you can to make them succeed? Even not even like consciously, but like subconsciously, if you brought a guy into a workplace, you would go out of your way. Like, Oh, Hey, hey by the way, man, don't do that shit. Well, that pisses th- everyone off. You go even further and say like, you brought them in because you saw the, you saw a hole in the roster. And yeah. So I, I think it's pretty obvious. All right. For me, it's chase Edmonds again, going a little farther down here, but he's RB 27 average draft overall 68.3. Again, just listen to let the, let the coaches roster do the speaking for it. The Cardinals have never said chase Edmonds is the guy. I mean, you watch chase Edmonds. He doesn't seem like a guy who's going to be the guy Jersey guy though. We got, we got to remember that he's not in the Jersey hall of fame. He's no, uh, he's no Joe Theismann. I mean, uh, you know, I I'm probably not as out on you, but I, I do. I, it's probably one of those things I prefer to take Connor later on. Yeah. And again, you know, it is what RB, what did I say? 27 though. 27. You're still flex spot. Yeah. There's still guys you can get with a more guaranteed workload. I, and I just don't think he has a really high ceiling. Uh, uh, Like the, the best case I think for him is like RB 20. If that, like there's no way this guy sneaks into RB 15 or RB one and a local beat reporter, Josh Weinfuss says uh, chase Edmonds will not be an every down back and James Connor will be heavily used. So they get the beat reporters are saying it. They brought in James Connor for a reason. It, it just doesn't chase uh, Edmonds is going uh, one pick ahead of Javante Williams. He's going uh, four picks ahead of T Higgins. I mean, it, you know, other guys I like in that area, just at the running back position, Michael Carter for the jets, who again has a chance to be a legit every down back and and maybe a, a high ceiling. Javante Williams is 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 kind of almost in that neighborhood as well, Mel- said. Melvin Gordon kind of is too. And now now I think we have to take that seriously, at least for early in the season <laughs> until he gets hurt. Well uh, and then and again, uh Javante Williams added him to the list of guys that we've been high on in best ball that had a, a touchdown in preseason. He looks so. really I mean I test one of the more impressive, like looking rookies, not, not like these quarterbacks making throws on relative air, but yeah, Justin Fields, who, again, I've been drafting as my backup in best ball a lot who I, I thought looked pretty solid, but again, yeah. Hitting guys wide open on, on boot action. Isn't the hardest Hall of Famer, test. baby. All right. My last uh, bust. <laughs> don't, the, don't start hating on him yet. Ryan. Come on. My uh, <laughs> poor, poor Justin Fields, my last bust at the running back position and perhaps again, I'm I'm super high on the guy he's going to be competing for carries with, and that's Raheem Mostert. He's going as t- running back 29, so right behind Chase Edmonds, 78 and a half ADP. And, and I'm seeing both underdog drafts I did last night. Sean, he went before Trey Sermon, mm. and I, I just don't know. Look at their profiles, look at their ages, just look at everything, and tell me how long Raheem Mostert is going to be able to keep Trey sermon around the bulk of those carries. I think Kyle Shanahan will use whoever he has because he's, he's a little bit arrogant with the running game and feels like anyone can be successful. But when the Shanahan's have a true runner, he stays out there. He's the guy. And so I think when you go and draft a Trey sermon, you're going to do it for a reason. I, I think this, the ceiling is massive for Trey sermon, Sean. He's a guy we're going to be drafting in the second round next year. Uh, and so for that reason, I'm out on Mostert at running back 29. It's just way too early to take a guy who at best, maybe in best ball, you take him. Cause he might have a couple nice games 
in managed draft leagues, I think it's going to be a disaster trying to figure out when he, when he bumps, when he shows up for you. And again, the guys going around Michael Carter, you name Robbie Anderson, oh, yeah. uh, T Higgins uh, and, and Javante Williams, uh, Logan Thomas, like just all guys I would rather have over. I mean, I, I'm, I'm talking myself. Like if I want a number two on a team, I'll take Melvin Gordon over Raheem Mostert, but just not here. So I, I think I think if you're taking Raheem Mostert this early, you're crazy. I certainly think if you're taking him over uh, Trey Sermon, I don't know. Yeah, just wait a little bit and and find a spot to take uh, Trey Sermon, and especially if you're in kind of a home league, people may not be reading up as much. They may not be as diehards. They, you could be in some drafts where people don't know Trey Sermon, and yeah, you could be in really good shape. Caught two of two of two of his targets in the preseason game against Kansas City, Sean. So you know, don't don't think uh, Trey Sermon's just going to be a big plotter. Uh, That's why he was a third round pick. He he clearly is going to be useful in the pass game as well. So. I, uh, you know, a little worried he fumbled, but, uh, you know, they'll, they'll get through it. He looked physically good. Kramer, let's talk about the beautiful game. The summer of soccer continues on Paramount Plus. Stream over 2,000 soccer matches a year from around the world. That's all the heart pounding drama from CBS Sports, including UEFA Champions League, Europa League, Italy's Serie A, Argentina's Primera División, the Brasiliaro, NWSL, the Asian Football Confederation and the CONCACAF qualifiers featuring the stars from the U S and men's national teams. Plus much more. It's the best of the beautiful game with all the beautiful names like Messi, Mbappe, Ronaldo, Rapino, and Pulisic be part of the excitement as champions are crowned and history is made. The world's game lives here on paramount plus visit ParamountPlus.com to start your free trial and stream every match live. Moving over to the bus receivers. Well, let's, let's get the Cowboys out of the way, Ryan. <laughs> I mean, I'll go, I'll go Amari Cooper. I, there's no, I mean, he's dealing with a significant injury and there's no chemistry to, to get back. These guys are all being drafted at the, I mean, CD lamb and Amari Cooper, both being drafted closer to their ceiling than, than, than anything can, can, can every cowboy. All right. So Zeke in the first round, CD lamb in the, uh, in the third round, Amari Cooper in the fourth round and Dak in the fifth round are, is that like for them to, for the Cowboys to output this enough fantasy, um, this amount of fantasy points, they need to stay healthy. The offensive line needs to stay healthy. The defense needs to remain being I think the defense needs to be remain remain as trash as they w- were last year. Yeah, and so which I could mean, be the case. <laughs> people are just drafting them as if that five game outlier sample size is what's going to happen in this season. And again, coming back to Amari Cooper, he's not even out there yet. He says, "quote I'm supposed to be getting out there pretty soon, a couple of weeks." <laughs> again, okay. He, I mean, at some go- point, you need to get some sort of rhythm. And, and whatever is going on with with, I mean this strikes me as the kind of season where we're going to see a bunch of guys constantly banged up. The narrative is going to be, you know, Sean, the Cowboys haven't had a single game this season where Dak CD lamb and Amari Cooper have all played together. Uh, now, you know, if you want to talk about Cowboys receivers, sure. Maybe Michael Gallup's fun. Cause he's going much later. Just if you think the offense is good, look for the value. I just, I don't think you're going to get value to, I mean, CD lamb in the third round seems like the height of what he can do short of an injury. So maybe the angle is you figure out, Oh, Cooper's out. I'll take lamb. But uh, you know, obviously the we're, we're, we're on brand by being off Cowboys here, but I, I, you know, 
you got to explain to me how CD and, Lamb. CD Lamb's probably going to end up being the best fantasy player on the Cowboys, but I would e- even say that possibly overdrafted because we don't know the quarterback situation. Well, and and that's the part. I that's mean, scary maybe Dak's arm comes out and it's it all of a sudden becomes a rocket again after this lat injury, and we we look like complete assholes. That's certainly a possibility, but CD Lamb, Amari Cooper, Zeke—they're all being drafted as if there's not these injury issues happening for them and the, and the it is team overall. It is interesting how people are like, Oh, obviously, obviously they will be completely fine. <laughs> obviously. All right, Ryan, who's your first receiver? Non cowboy. Uh, and, and just real quick, they don't have Andy Dalton sitting in the wings. If something goes wrong this mm. year, like Andy Dalton is a professional uh, wide receiver. Uh, the like they're going at the same place as Keenan out. Like it's just, it's just crazy to me. All right. My first guy, my first guy, non cowboy. Uh, give me Julio Jones. Uh, now I wow. like Julio to have some yards this year, oh but he God. is being drafted early fourth round, forty one point three wide receiver fifteen. I have him uh, lower than this, uh, which probably puts me out of position where I'm going to be taking him in managed leagues. I just think it's going to be a season where he's going to have some games. He's going to be banged up some games and play, and he's going to be banged up some games and miss time. So uh, around when he's being drafted you're either in a situation where you're sitting on some nice pass catchers already, or maybe it's time to chase a pass catcher or two. And I, and I honestly just, there, there's guys around him. Godwin would rather have him, Robert Woods, Mike Evans. Mm. Uh, I mean, even if we go down, down the board a little bit, I'm probably leaning uh, Adam Thielen slightly. Uh, I'm probably leaning, uh, you know, looking at Mark Andrews, Cooper cup, Tyler Lockett, all these guys are going for me ahead of Julio Jones. So, well, and, and also one thing about Julio Jones, that's always frustrating. And again, probably more of a case against drafting him in a managed league versus best ball, best ball. You don't have to worry about it, but managed leagues, he's always dealing with something. He's not even, he's the same sort of thing. They're easing him in, but with Julio, he has the, he's the pedigree, but again, he, ha- he has got no connection yet with Tannehill. Um, so you would like to see him getting a little bit more reps here in the preseason, and maybe they do something later. Now he is great, so there is that element, or he yeah, could just and, come and, out. And, and again, I I think one thing you have to worry about, though, a best ball versus manage is you never know when to play Julio because well, you're lot, starting him if you're drafting him here, right? But that's what I'm saying. Like you have to start him, but then there's so many weeks where it's like, uh, he didn't practice, but is he going to play? And having that in a managed league is always annoying. Best ball, you don't have to worry about it because if he goes off, he goes off. So I'm fine taking him in some best balls because he is Julio Jones and he is just fun to root for. But I mean, you certainly make a good case against him, and 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 getting to the case against him is pretty easy. And traditionally, you know, we saw the exceptions last year of Steph Diggs and uh, DeAndre Hopkins. But normally, a receiver changing teams, it's gonna hurt production. Yeah, I mean. Uh- Again, I think I think this is just kind of more of a commentary that I'm 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 not I'm finding myself liking taking a running back in the fourth round because I'm not always super stoked on the wide receivers there. Yep. All right, I'm gonna go uh, Adam Thielen. Oh my goodness! What's what do you mean? Oh my goodness! Right? Th- throwing some heat at Adam Thielen. <laughs> he doesn't deserve this. No, and and again, he was a guy I thought I would be able to grab because he would be sneaky, but everyone is on the Adam Thielen. Hype train. He's receiver fifteen, which to me is crazy. Like, I like he Adam Thielen to me is interesting because I do think Justin Jefferson's going to get some, you know, coverage. But 
I mean, Adam Thielen had 14 receiving touchdowns last year. I just don't think he gets that. Oh, and touchdown regression. Yeah, he's a prime touchdown regression candidate. But at 15, it's just I mean, it's just kind of crazy, Adam Thielen. I mean, again, he's in that Chris Godwin range. I mean, I would even roll the, roll the dice with a Cooper Cup or a Robert Johnson. Woods. Uh Deontay Johnson, I would consider. Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett. Yeah. I mean, all those guys. The case for him is that him and Kirk Cousins are more than just friends. Like that you, you have to keep that in mind because I mean, he, I would say this. Robbie Anderson, I think, has a better year than uh than Adam Thielen. And yeah. maybe it's just partly how uh what Robbie Anderson uh wonks we are, but I, I would I would have Robbie Anderson over Adam Thielen. Yeah, I think I think in just, most of my projection in, in at least sixty five percent of my simulations of the twenty twenty one fantasy football season, Ryan, the the um uh, Adam Thielen actually uh, did not perform as well as Robbie Anderson. No, he's definitely going to be a little bit more reliant on touchdowns. I do think that he is still going to be like one of the the favorites of Kirk Cousins, though. So I'm I'm not as out on you are. All right, we got to do it. Odell Beckham Jr. wide receiver 26 going in the early seventh, early, early sixth. I'm sorry. Uh, Yeah. I just, he's my wide receiver 47. He's not even near uh, someone I'm looking at in that range. Uh, To me, there are plenty of players that don't have the question and, and that are on the, how do you say crescendo of their career? I mean, it, by, by the ADP list I'm looking at, like Ayuk, uh, Jamar Chase, Daryl Henderson, uh, Kenny Galladay, Chase Claypool, uh, just T. Higgins. The list goes on and on of guys who have, to me, less risk. And and I just don't think the ceiling is there for Beckham anymore. We've touched on it a bunch of times. His average yards per game just continues to plummet. And I, I just. You're 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 drafting him because you're telling yourself that the ceiling narrative, and, and you look around this Browns team, and it, are there going to be enough uh, targets? Are there going to be enough red zone targets? Are there going to be enough opportunities? Are there going to be enough uh, you know games where they don't have crazy like everyone's like oh yeah but you know if you take out those two games the Browns played with the crazy weather last year, well th- they play in Cleveland they're going to have crazy weather. Uh, and then you circle all the way back, right? This is Odell Beckham. I, I think Odell Beckham peaked his his rookie year, period. And and he's been hurt, and the confidence is gone. And I, I just I think this is uh you know he's maybe going to push too hard. And and when Odell has pushed too hard in the past, he got into a fight with Josh Norman. When he's pushed too hard in the past, he headbutted a, a, a kicking net. When he pushed too hard in the past, he 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 made a fool of himself. And so I, I certainly am not drafting him in fantasy. No, he's a guy you want in your kickball league because he's he's such an athlete. He's got flair. Probably probably <laughs> good at uh, getting the getting the uniforms. You know, Ryan. We were talking about uh, there was a guy walking around the fantasy football expo in an Eagles Terrell Owens jersey. For we were trying to wrap our head around why you would do that for a number of reasons. I mean, To I I liked his time it, with the Eagles, but then also kind of tore the team apart with his contract issues. I mean, they should have paid him, but. He didn't do a great job handling it, and and submarined a really good Eagles team the year after. I mean, he he played his ass off in the Super Bowl, but that that next year they still had a really good team. He kind of fucked up their entire season. So, I, as an Eagles fan, I don't know why you'd wear that, but maybe he's just a Terrell Owens I, fan. But I, I don't know why you would. You're just a To fan. Why you'd wear the Eagles jersey? 
but we're saying like TO he's weird because he, he did work his ass off. He was physically gifted, but it, he just kind of missed that. Like last mental, keep your head, uh, head straight that a Jerry rice had. Cause he certainly had the physical gift and a work ethic similar to Jerry rice and Odell. Well, not quite the physical freak as those two guys. He's not, he's not far off. I mean, he lived on taking those short, quick slants that, you know, it, it, how funny is it that, that Ben McAdoo, Ben McAdoo's offense <laughs> got with, the most Eli as, as the quarterback was the perfect uh, remedy for Odell Beckham. Yeah. It was, I mean, if you look at it, he took a lot of those, those short passes to the house and that, that like, it just doesn't feel like he's going to be doing that on the long grass there in Cleveland. Yeah. And actually uh, Mayfield and Beckham had the worst completion success rate of any duo in the league at 55.6%. So their time it's together surprising. <laughs> Everyone, how can you say that uh, the the Browns are better without him? Because we watched the goddamn games. What what else is Sean, there to say? We've been talking to Browns fans all weekend. Yeah, they're all very optimistic, which is very <laughs> cool to see. They're like you can see they're bashfully optimistic. Cleveland, great sports town. Not not. I haven't heard a single person. I haven't seen a single Beckham jersey. No, that's a great point. I haven't seen a single person tell me they can't wait to see Odell Beckham back on the field. So yeah, they like Chubb. They like Miles Garrett. They like Baker because he's the quarterback. Ryan, this is going to pain you, but Kenny Galladay mm. is on my bus list drafted as a wide receiver 22. So receiver, uh, a receiver two essentially. And this to me is insane. I mean, <laughs> it's just insane. Kenny Galladay missed a ton of time because of a hip injury. And now similar to Dak, it's, it feels like it's pretty related his previous injury has maybe caused this other injury. He's dealing with the hamstrings. So you have Daniel Jones, a guy coming off of uh, an 11 passing touchdown season in a Jason Garrett offense. And then you have Kenny Galladay who is injured again. And so they're not building any chemistry. He's who knows how many, uh, preseason reps. He's going to get, he's not, he's not comfortable in the offense. I just, man, I just don't see how he, how he gets to this, um, how he gets to this receiver 22. There's just so many other guys I'd rather draft at this similar position than Kenny Gallup. I certainly think um, I was surprised to see how high he was in this, uh, this fantasy pros ADP. Um, the, the the story to why he has a decent year is simply because he's the type of receiver that Daniel Daniel Jones was willing to throw it in tight spots. Hence why he's throwing so many interceptions. So big body receiver uh, certainly going to help with that. I think the, the the way he destroys your take is touchdowns. He becomes a red zone threat and scores double digit touchdowns. But to your point, and he's I, actually, sorry, he's actually receiver 26, but I mean, are you kidding me? Give me Chase Claypool over Kenny Galladay all day. You know, those are interesting uh, comparisons. Give me, I mean, I would take again, Robbie Anderson. Uh, I would even go Jerry Judy with the upside the, the fact that he's healthy and he's a second year receiver, not Hands coming like feet. off an injury. Yeah. I think the the reason for concern is that with a big bodied receiver, you'd want to have that time for the chemistry, like you're saying. So never good when guys are missing time. It is hard. It's to, to, to sift through which is like, which injuries matter more than others. This feels like it's somewhere between like, this is not a, not important injury. Um, but as long as he's running around with a little time before week one, uh, I think, I think we'll all be okay. So 
I like your Giants hate, just consistent. Cowboys and Giants hate all throughout. No, well, come on. I mean, I'm building Tight solid end, cases. Bust. Give me. Well, Ryan, before we get to that, oh. want to sh- shout out underdogfantasy.com. Use promo code SGPN. Like Ryan said, he's doing drafts left and right. This is draft in season. Use our promo code SGPN and you get a free a $25 credit over an underdog fantasy. You can use that in Bestwell Mania 2 for a chance to win $1 million. I think that thing's going to fill up eventually. So uh, get in before you can. And then they have the $5 puppy and the $250, $250 entry fee for uh, big dogs only. I'll be entering the big dog uh, real quick. The second puppy. Sean, breaking mm. news has filled up. Uh, so I, I'm going to guess that they're, uh, wow, they really, they really missed the boat on how many people are going to play best ball this year. Uh, it sounds like they're going to be working on another, uh, another puppy. And if you're trying to get into the best ball mania contest, Sean, yeah, there are only uh, 50,000 entries left. So down to the last like 30%. No, that's what I'm saying. I, I, if you're hearing this, I would, I would get on it sooner rather than later. Yeah. But yeah, big. I'll be doing a big dog. Maybe, maybe I'll maybe I'll do a big dog live at some point. Ooh, next, that sounds fun. Next couple of weeks. All right, uh, let's get get to the tight ends, Sean. You know, when Aaron Rodgers hears about me labeling Bobby Tanyan as a bust, he's gonna oh. get excited because he loves the bust around Bobby Tanyan. <laughs> My tight end seventeen. He's going consensus tight end ten. He's going uh, in the late uh, eight nine round area. I get the narrative. I get upgrading him because Aaron Rodgers is back. I just think there's a plenty of other tight ends that have uh, less touchdown dependent, higher actual workload ceilings going around him and going beneath him. Uh, no pun intended there, Sean, uh, for me to want to take Bobby Tanya in this early. I think we liked him earlier in the summer when he was going extra late, like just not even near uh, the board as, as like a backup tight end in best ball formats, but people are going to be taking Robert Tanya as their only tight end. And again, he's going around guys like Trey sermon, Damian Harris, Tyler Boyd, Brandon cooks, Logan Thomas. I mean, Logan Thomas, let's use that. Cause that's a perfect example. Think about the workload that we expect Logan Thomas to have the target share that we expect Logan Thomas to have. And then think about what Robin Robert Tanya represents the Packers offense. Aaron Rodgers has never really helped create a productive tight end in fantasy that wasn't tied directly to touchdowns. So sure, you can argue the Packers will be near the end zone a lot, so that makes him valuable. I like him more in best ball because then you get the touchdown weeks. I think it's going to be tough and it's going to be frustrating because he's not going to be a guy that put, that pops up every week. And again, for my money in that range of the draft, uh, I think Logan Thomas has a much much higher floor for target share. I, I even think Mike Gesicki, uh, Tyler Higby's going behind him. Uh, Evan Ingram early in the season, there is no Kyle Rudolph. Like all of these guys to me have less competition, even Jonah Smith. Like uh, I think, I think it, I, 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 I mean, I can get crazy Troutman Cole Komet, I think has more workload than mm. Bobby Tanyan. So I'm out on uh, Robert Tanyan at this point. I, I probably won't be drafting him again. And yeah, I certainly, I mean, I, he I, won't be with my, I mean, I think in, in, in redraft league, Sean, I'm going big tight end. Yeah. And again, I, I had him decently high in my rankings, but that was Part of that, I think, was I was factoring in that we were getting him at such a discount with the no Aaron Rodgers or the Aaron Rodgers, and we were kind of ahead of market that Aaron Rodgers was going to play. Briefly thought maybe the the Denver thing was real, but um, you know he definitely wasn't going to give that money back. That I knew, and so I, I was still drafting Bobby Tunyon. But you're right, maybe he's not. I mean, kind of where I'm landing with tight ends is either take 
you know, Darren Waller Check. or Travis Kelsey, Check. or just don't take a tight end early and, and just take two medium, you know, in best ball, just, you would probably have to take three long shot guys, which I'm fine with, or, you know, two middle of the road, like a Higby and a Gerald Everett or something like that. I mean, even Hawkinson, I'm kind of out on, I know you're higher on him than I am. Cause to me, that was more about Stafford and his connection and his six receiving touchdowns. I don't know if he gets six receiving touchdowns with golf, but um, coming back to Tony, and I, I think the only case you can make for him that's solid is that Aaron Rodgers really likes him. And clearly Aaron Rodgers does play favorites. Uh, what's scary is that they brought went out of their way yeah. to bring in Randall Cobb. That appears to be why Aaron Rodgers held out was f- so that they could get Randall Cobb here. So maybe Randall Cobb eats up some, some of that stuff as a slot guy, the slot. How's the slot? Maybe he eats up some of that over the middle safety blanket type stuff that Bobby Tunyon got. I, I still think he's kind of in the mix for the touchdowns, but yeah. again, probably you're right. Probably getting uh, slightly overdrafted for me. So, to me, I'm not, I don't want my tight end one to be touchdown dependent. Yeah. For me, this is obvious. It's George Kittle tight end. Number two, he's just not going to get you that level of production. And again, George Kittle is a great athlete, a great football player. He's, he's kind of like George Kittle to me is similar to Nick Chubb in that I would want them on my football team, but I don't want them on my fantasy team. He's never got more than four receiving touchdowns. We have a decent sample size. Now you have the, the confusion here at the quarterback position with Jimmy G and and again they have so many other options. They have Ray Mostert, they have Trey Lance. They love running the ball. They they won the NFC Championship game by not letting Jimmy G pass. Like they what did he have? 8 pass attempts or something? So there's a world where George Kittle just doesn't get a lot of work. I, He's a good blocker. I heard someone say that George Kittle could be a double dot, double digit touchdown guy this year. He had and real quick Sean, he scored 5 in 2 years, but he has 14 touchdowns in his career. Yeah. I'm with you. I it's it's a it's a steep leap leap of faith. Yeah, sorry. It's it was two five five and two, um, but again, yeah, fourteen. His average is three and a half per year. I I mean, it, for TD tight end two, you need that. You need almost double digit touchdowns. And I think with Darren Waller and Travis Kelsey, you just it's way easier to project that they're going to have those years. And maybe, maybe this is the George Kittle year. He's healthy for all the games and he just breaks out and has a crazy thing. But when you rather take Darren Waller, it, it seems like a way more easy formula here. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the years too, that he did it, it's not like they had Debo Samuel and Ayuk on those teams. So I think there's more targets and, to and take the some- 49ers defense. Now that you got Bosa back healthy, like their defense should be good. Um, so I, I don't know if the 49ers at what point does it become okay to take Kittle? Yeah, I mean, again, it's one of these scenarios where he's not going to slip. So I don't, I'm not even really factoring him in because he's such a name brand that people aren't going to, you know, aren't going to let him fall. So I won't even consider him because where you would have to draft him at, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, and I'm much, I would much rather wait till like the sixth round and get Mark Andrews. Like that, that's that's the kind of game I'm playing here. Well, yeah, and and I'm not saying even take Kyle Pitts over George Kittle. I guess I probably would, gun to my head, but I just wouldn't spend that much capital on the tight end position either way. I, I think to me it's either, and maybe it's just because my brain's programmed for best ball, but I think you either go Waller, Kelsey early if you're feeling it. 
or if the the board kind of comes to you that way, or you just punt it and and deal with it later. I do think there's like you know you probably have a second tier of guys. For me, it's I have a second tier of guys like Andrew Andrews, Hawkinson, Higby, uh, and then maybe like Kittle, Pitts, and Logan Thomas. And that's like after that, Noah Fant starts the Noah Fant and Goddard and and Ferkser and Jonu Smith and Komet. Those guys, it's like a little bit more question. So I'm with you though. I think if you're gonna wait, you wait, you wait all the way, and then worst case, you just pick up another one. Yep. All right, last guy. You thought we were going to skip the Cowboys, Blake <laughs> Jarwin. Uh, he, he's going way off your board. Uh, you're probably not drafting tight end 21 going two Oh two. But if you are in deeper leagues or you're a, you're a, you're a boner for the Cowboys you're like, well, Blake Jarwin, look, he's going to, he's going to be on that offense too. There's gotta be value here. Uh, also coming back from an injury, Sean, He's not. I, I think he's struggling to get past uh, Schultz, who performed well last year in his absence. So I think you know if there's still Blake Jarwin buzz going on, I think we can squash it. If you're drafting him, you you better be a Cowboys fan. I, I just think um, you know he got injured early, but he's a big guy coming off an ACL. So yeah, again, you don't need to be taking these guys coming off the ACL. <laughs> If you're not getting them at a slight discount, how many people again? Are, again, I I would maybe consider Barkley if I get a slight oh, discount. I maybe would consider Joe Burrow if I got a slight discount. Trust me, I saw Carson Wentz pre and post ACL, when he, and, well, and I get it. He doesn't have the alien DNA, but l- let's not act like Adrian Peterson was the average NFL player. All right, so according to this, Jer- uh, Blake Jarwin is being drafted around. Let's see. Austin Hooper. Oh, this isn't this isn't listed right. No. Well, and, and again, there, there there's go. two tight ends in that Cowboys system that it, it seems like a split. Like, why would you not Eric it, Ebron? What's up? You take him over Eric Ebron? Well, you know, I'm a Fryermuth guy, so I, I don't know. That's, <laughs> that's tough. he's going around the same time as Ferkser. Ferkser's the tight end one. Chuba Hubbard. Yeah. He's going around Gerald Everett. Yeah, wouldn't you rather take Gerald Everett yeah. in that Seattle offense? You know he's the guy. He's not coming off a major injury. They brought him in because they liked him. Marshall. Yeah, there's there's way better. We can guys. play this game. All right, all right, Good all right. Work, Football is here. Division previews are here. This is the week of division previews. They're going to be starting shortly. Make sure you download the app. And again, leave a nice uh, rating or review of, on the app or the uh, Sports Gambling Podcast, Apple Podcasts, for a chance to win every Monday. Hashtag Merch Monday. Kramer. Thank you for participating in the Sports Gambling Podcast. For the Sports Gambling Podcast, I'm Sean Stacking the Money Green. Divisional previews will be busting into your ear, ear holes. He's one of those guys who will get penetration. Kramer, let it ride.